With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oh, the good hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. And here we go. Line ball to start this game. Jeremy Lablotsky and John Morassi teeing off on one another. Toporowski is just pounding away at Robinson. These, we said Toporowski, this is the guy who set a Western Hockey League record for 505 penalty minutes. Let's call it like it is. Toporowski's a boon. Getting closer. He reaches in a right member. He's not that Ripson. He's just fought. Stu Grimson. Oh my goodness. Scott Parker for the KO of Stu Grimson. This is one of the best hockey fights we have seen in a long time. Dana Bush tells the linesman, get the heck out of my kitchen. He absolutely decked him tight with a wild right. A sheer stagger by a big left hand by Wade Beeler. Chris Nyland on a penalty shot. Scores! Bugard down the wing. Bugard bombs away. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to episode number 79 of the Five for Fighting podcast. My name is Alec, your host, and this is the show where we focus on the players who dropped the gloves and the fans who enjoyed watching them do it. We don't have a guest today, unfortunately. I've been uh, been a little busy with work, so it's been hard lining up guests, but I have something cooking up in the future, um, which I'll dive into a little bit here in a bit. But um, yeah, so it's just going to be a solo episode today. I think we're going to go over some uh, some training camp stuff and all the uh, the stupidity already ramping up all over hockey Twitter. Um, it's only preseason and training camp, and you know we're already we're already into the stupid stuff. So yeah, can't wait to get into that. But uh, of course, before you know we go on, I got to mention that the Five for Fighting podcast is a proud member of Six Pack Coverage, and Six Pack Coverage is a multimedia group based out of Nashville, covering from anything with not only just sports to include football, baseball, and basketball, hockey as well, um, but other things such as food, fitness, travel, health, collegiate happenings. A uh, whole bunch of different stuff, so of course the link to their website will be in the description of this episode, as well as their YouTube channel, which if you're watching this podcast on YouTube, you're already on the channel. So uh, yeah, go ahead and check that out, and if you want to follow along with the podcast on YouTube, uh, you can only not, not only follow my channel, which is the Five for Fighting podcast channel, but follow Six Pack Coverage as well. Um, and of course, I got to mention my my other podcast friends out there. We have Darren over at the Fourth Line Voice, all the way out there in Saskatchewan. Um, he is the original Enforcer based podcast, and uh, I know you just did a solo episode as well. I haven't listened to it yet. I've been uh, busy walking jobs lately. It's been a whole lot of fun, um, but uh, I know he's done a great job with previous guest and lately he's been on an ice wars kick getting a lot of the guys from the ice wars hockey tournament or excuse me hockey fight tournament um 
on lately, like Cole Johnson, um, guys like that. I think he had Chase Tippin on not too long ago, or Corey Allen, one of the two. I think it was Corey Allen. It was Chase Tippin was a while back. Um, but regardless, doing a great job covering the Ice Wars stuff as of late, so I encourage you to go back and check out his show. Uh, his back catalog is tremendous as well. John Morasti, Steve uh, McIntyre, Joey Tedarenko, Josh Mazer, Clark Will. The list goes on with him, so... Give it, give him a, a listen and go check out his YouTube channel as well, which has, I think, over 3,500 fights ranging from junior all the way up to the NHL. So I encourage you to go check out Darren's show and his YouTube channel. Um, so I also, uh, I have, from the looks of it, either today or yesterday, I haven't listened to it yet. Again, I've been kind of busy with work. It was funny because I was saying, you know, oh, we're back to regular scheduling and I had to go to Winston-Salem. Um, and that's <laughs> Winston-Salem is going to be the death of me, I swear to God. That and Lowe's. I've had more fucking woes with the Lowe's delivery system. And I even had a problem. I don't know why we bought a washer and dryer from them because they were late getting it to our house too when we first got in here. It was supposed to be delivered the first weekend we got here. Um and ended up getting kanked and time misarranged, whatever. I don't even know what the fuck happened. It was supposed to be delivered. The delivery driver said, okay, no, we'll be there the next day. Got to call the next day. It won't be until like the next weekend or some something ridiculous. But uh, regardless, it's a whole different fucking can of worms not going to get into. But from what I was reading, uh, if you've listened to the show for a while, you'll know there's two podcasts I always mention off the hop. And of course, as before previously with Darren, the fourth line voice. And the other one was Coliseum Chronicle of the Penalty Box which was run by Joe Lazito, which was an Islanders, a New York Islanders-based uh, enforcer podcast where he would cover guys like Aaron Asham, Trevor Gillies, uh, guys who came up in the Islanders system, whether they played one NHL game or they just played like for Bridgeport in the AHL. Uh, and Joe did deep dives into their careers. If they were in the Islanders system, he had interviewed them. And uh, he ran into some, some troubles with that podcast in terms of trying to find guests, which I totally get. Um, I'm at a dry spell for guests right now as myself. It's been, <laughs> been hard trying to get some guys on. Uh, I've got some irons in the fire a little bit, but I don't think anything's crazy right now. So hopefully we can get a guest on in the future. Um, but Joe has recently started the Nords Knuckles podcast. And as you can tell by the name of that, it is strictly a Quebec Nordiques enforcer based podcast. Um, and it's all interview-based, apparently. He's not going to do any solo episodes, I don't believe, um, from what I was reading. I'd have to double-check that. I've been I've been all over the place the past couple of days. This past, like, the last half of last week and then the first half of this week are really hectic for me, unfortunately. So, I apologize. Um, one second, let me get a sip of water here. Somehow I still have ice in this damn thing. I tried to record it earlier while the wife was still at work. You know, it makes it easier. Dogs were going crazy. Couldn't fucking do it. So I was like, yeah, no, not happening right now. Um, but like I said, Joe is now doing a Quebec Nordiques enforcer-based podcast. So I'm looking forward to listening to episode one of that. Um, I kind of saved all my stuff because I know I'm going to have slower days at work later on this week. So I'd rather just listen to them then um, so I could actually focus on it. Because I was the entire time I'd be driving to Winston-Salem, I'd be going through emails or fucking going through calls. It's just... Been hectic, but yes, the Nordique Knuckles podcast, or the Nord's Knuckles, uh, one of the two. Nord's Knuckles? That's right. Sorry, Joe. I know you're listening. <laughs> um, but yes, I encourage you to check it out. And of course, go back and check out the uh, Coliseum Chronicles, the Penalty Box podcast as well. That was a lot of fun. Uh, Joe did great episodes over there too. So um, yeah, I encourage you to check those out. And as well as my YouTube channel, uh, 
I have a bunch of ECHL fights up from this past season, and we're almost there, folks. The hockey season is right around the corner, and I don't even know what that was that just dropped, but oh well. Um, I'm excited for this upcoming ECHL season. Uh, this is the first time in a long time I've been excited for a season. I think I went over that um, in my previous episode, which was the ECHL arms race, which was kind of covering some ECHL tough guy signings, which, by the way, uh, another one that just recently um, – got announced by the Rapid City Rush, Garrett Klotz. That man is back with the Rapid City Rush. Actually, they're actually, it's funny. They actually announced it like auctioning off one of his jerseys, which let me check. It's funny because people always say, you know, tough guys don't, uh, uh, you know, some people might not like tough guys. I'll tell you what, tough guy jerseys always go for the most. Um, believe me, I know from experience with <laughs> bidding on uh, Kyle Newber's military appreciation jersey. I'll tell you that much. Um, so let me see here. Last I looked, I mean, this thing was up to like two grand. So let me see here if it's closed yet or not. Got 12 bids on it. Yeah, still up to 12. There's 12. It's got 12 bidders on it. Uh, two grand for Garrett Klotz. So something tells me they like Garrett Klotz out there in Rapid City, and I'm sure the fans are excited for that, and I'm excited for that as well to uh, hopefully upload some Garrett Klotz tilts from this season. So, um, But like I was saying, yeah, go check out the YouTube channel. It is uh, five for fighting podcast. You know, that's all you got to do is look it up. And I started uploading fights from this past season of the ECHL. And I started making a little bit of compilations. I think I'll do that this weekend. Cause we got a lot of rain coming up from this hurricane. Um, thankfully we're not in Florida anymore. Uh, but of course my wife's family and my family are down there. So, you know, we'll be thinking about them and hopefully everything goes well to, to all the people in Florida. And I made some good friends out there in Fort Myers. So Tommy, Brian, if you're listening, uh, hope you guys are hunkering down for the, the hurricane and hopefully, uh, Ian doesn't treat you too bad. Uh, I know typically it's not too, too bad because all the structures are pretty sound in Florida. They know how to hurricane proof them, but you never know. It's always, uh, always that, that, that not knowing factor, right? So hopefully all everybody down there, um, you know, is, is safe. So thinking of you guys and, you know, but anyways, yeah. So we are uh, uploading some, some fight compilations of players. I did Travis Howe, Anthony Collins, Nico Blatchman. Did I do one more? I thought I did one more. I know I did the best of the ECHL, but I, I got to start making some more um, some more player compilation videos. So I think I'll do that with all this rain coming up this weekend because uh, it's not like we're going to have anywhere else to go. So uh, it's supposed to be getting like the, the remnants of the hurricane and it's all supposed to carry up here. And it's just supposed to be just like a f- basically a flood this weekend. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, one sec, sorry. Thirsty it was ten to the ten to the damn the damn dogs and they're just going crazy before so a whole lot of fun but like I said what we will talk about today is going to be the training camp and the preseason kind of going on and hockey Twitter is already bitching about it how I don't know um, so basically the way I see it you know with training camp and preseason. This is a time for guys to prove their mettle. This is the time for them to show that they want to get a spot on the roster. Um, and back in the day, that would mean fighting a lot. I mean, I mean, you go back to, I think it was, was it St. Louis Blues camp? I think when it was Tony Twist and uh, Todd Ewan at the time, and basically they fought in training camp and then they met each other in the elevator uh, for the next day and twist was basically like yeah we're gonna go again to Todd you and and he was like no we're not and twist is like yeah yeah we are so it's it's funny to see how the mindset has changed from back in the day and uh, I mean even just from like you know 
earlier 2000s, I remember when Kanopka was coming up with the Lightning training camp. He fought Evgeny Artukin, and Artukin uh, is no slouch, big dude. He plays in the KHL still, I think. But, um, yeah, I remember the, there's a picture out there, and there's no video of it, though. I wish there was. But I remember going to training camps back in the day. Uh, my uncle and I would go. It was out at the Brandon Ice Sports Forum of all places. And that was like, yeah, they would get after it and they'd be scrums. There'd be fights. I remember, I remember seeing them. I can't remember, you know, who it was. And obviously, you know, I was too young to video it at the time. Uh, this was still when I think flip phones. And I think I maybe had a Blackberry or something at the time. I'd get my mother's old Blackberry. There I am dating myself. Cause that was her, her company had like a hookup with Sprint and Blackberries were like their standard issue. So when she'd get, get an upgrade, I'd get the, uh, <laughs> I'd get the, the old Blackberry handed down to me. So, uh, yeah, I don't think that would look too great. It'd probably look like it was filmed with a toaster at the time. But, yeah, so uh, – but there were definitely some tilts. And like I said, I remember Kanopka coming up, and he fought Artukin. And, um, you know, there there back in the day was, like, limits of fighting and training camp. It was kind of insane. Uh, you know, it'd be like, okay, five fights, no more. Like, you're done. <laughs> we got to play with the little black thing a little bit to see who can wheel and deal around here. But now it's like people are just fucking compl- like any little fight happens. Well, why are we doing this? It's like, really? You don't know why professional athletes are doing this? I, I, don't, I don't. It was it was the biggest backlash for it was Chris Stewart. And as you know, Chris, I wouldn't consider Chris Stewart an enforcer. Um, he's the cousin of Pat Barton. And Pat Barton has uh, been a former guest on the show. And we talked about Chris a little bit. And, you know, he's basically a dude who he's, he'll throw down when he has to. He's not, you know, the you know, straight, like strictly enforcing. He's probably more of like a, a gritty grinder type guy, but he'd throw down when he had to. And he's with the Flyers organization a little bit. And they happen to catch him at the very end of training camp here. This is very like training camps already been said and done with, you know, nothing else going on. So at the end, um, somebody had, I guess, asked Chris is like, Hey, do you want to come on the ice? Or maybe Chris himself did. I should have read into it a little bit more, but basically, was showing the rookies some some fighting tips. And this was one from what I read. It was optional, so it wasn't mandatory. This was after the training camp session was over. So training camp was done at this point. So it's optional. It was after training camp. And the session lasted anywhere between 5 to 10 minutes. So basically... All he really would have taught players in that time, because it's you know they, they said I think there was about twenty players gathered around showing them a couple pointers. You're not going to show them how to like knock somebody out. You're not. It's, this isn't you know Bob Probert's fight school going on. This is <laughs> this is Chris Stewart giving some pointers to guys to know how to protect themselves because you got it's. If fighting is allowed in the league, I won't say allowed because it's penalized. If fighting is tolerated in the league and it still happens, which yes, it does. Um, it might happen when you're mucking it up in the corners. So I think guys should know how to defend themselves. I think it's a, you know, whatever five, excuse me, five, 10 minute class. Fine. By all means, get right on the head. Again, this isn't Bob Probert's fighting school. We're not teaching you how to become the next Tony twist or anything like that. So all, if I had to guess, it's probably how to get a grab, grab hold of the Jersey. Make sure you don't get strung out, tuck your chin. So you're not going to sleep and with an ambient punch or anything like that. Oh, my God, the crying from Flyers fans and just hockey fans, too. Just, oh, my God. Well, is this really what we want to be teaching the kids? Like, we couldn't do any other drills in training camp. It's like, fuck, are you serious? Training camp was over. Like, read read into what the like what, what the tweet was. Because the person who tweeted it, I think it was a, uh, she was a, 
you know, a writer for the Flyers and basically just said, you know, hey, it was at the end of training camp. It was optional and it was five to ten minutes. But people just fucking cry and cry. It's, you know, well, I don't know if this is what we should be teaching these guys. And it's like, fuck, they had an entire training camp to do whatever. God forbid they learn how to protect themselves in case they have to drop the gloves or somebody drops the gloves at them in a corner. You know, if you don't, I I think it's important to do this so people don't get hurt. I know Doug Smith used to do it for the Providence Bruins. He would hang a heavy bag from the fucking jumbotron at center ice and have guys punch at it. Um, And I believe he tells stories about that on Darren's podcast, the fourth line voice. You could check it out with Doug Smith. Um, I might've said Doug Glatt. I can't remember if I just said Doug Glatt, but Doug Smith is who we're talking about. Uh, who was, of course, the original uh, Doug Glatt. He was the inspiration for the movie Goon. But that was that was real, man. Doug Smith would ha- hang the heavy bag from from center ice out at Providence and, you know, have guys, he'd show him fighting tips. It's important to protect yourself. And obviously, he'd work more with guys, like, his, I think Steve McIntyre was on the team at the time. Um, I think Brian McGrath may have came up at that time, too. So they, obviously, with guys more specialized in the role, you're going to go over it a bit more and go more in depth. But these guys just... Hey, here's maybe how to not get hurt. Here's, you know, grab here, tuck your chin here. Uh, you know, don't get strung out if he tries cross grip and you maybe grab this way. I don't know 100% because, you know, I'm not a professional hockey fighter, so I wouldn't know. But I'm saying uh, if there's going to be a good person to talk to about it, it's Chris Stewart because he's been in his fair share of fights plenty of times during his NHL career. And again, these are just little pointers, but it these people just cry and bitch and moan, and it's just like fuck, don't you want these guys to be able to protect themselves? You care so much about how their product or their their production on the ice, but they're not allowed to fucking learn how to protect themselves just a little bit? Like, seriously, that's what we're going to complain about? The five to ten minute optional lesson at the end of fucking training camp. We're going to complain about that. You know, I think the Flyers have a lot more things going on in that organization that need to be addressed than, you know, God forbid they have a five to ten minute fighting fighting class at the very end of it. So it's like, you know, that was already happening in training camp. So that was funny to see. And, you know, the next thing moving on is in the preseason here. Well, now we have uh, I forget their names. Their names escape me. I apologize. It just happened, I think, yesterday or the day before. A KO happened in a preseason fight. Um, it was between the Penguins and the Blue Jackets, and the guy on the Penguins tagged the guy on the Blue Jackets. Um, and people, again, coming on there, well, you know, well, I mean, I don't, do we really need to be fighting in the preseason? Like, is this what we need to be doing? It's just preseason. People just don't get like these guys are fringe guys. They weren't big name prospects that were fighting. These are they're fringe players, and you know they're trying to just make a name for themselves. They're trying to get noticed by the brass upstairs and crack a fucking roster. And what better what better way to say that you're gonna do anything for this fucking team than to drop your gloves and throw down for the crest? Win or lose doesn't matter. I get it. The guy got his bell rung, and it sucks. Yes, but at the same time, you know I. You look at the Leafs' fucking preseason, their 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 you know main camp roster, and I there was just a video today, and it was like two dudes just like dragging ass in you know one of the drills after Sheldon Keefe got fucking pissed at them, and they were just dragging ass, and I think they made one dude go back and do it. It's like what? So is that better than fighting? Like you want that on the team? No, 
These dudes are trying to fucking fight and earn their spot on a roster, man. It's I don't understand. And plus, they're two grown adults. Like, why do we have such a big issue with it? I I just don't understand it, man. Um, so I just you know, and again, it sucks that the guy got knocked out. But at the same time, you're in a fist fight. Uh, and that kind of brings me to my next point is the dude was genuinely concerned, excuse me, genuinely concerned for him after he knocked him out, which is fine, but it's just that optic to me looks very weird. And it also happened out in the UK. There was a, a hit thrown on a guy. It was kind of knee to knee. So I, again, sorry, I don't know the players names, but you can find it on, I think it was in hockey, hockey fights, UK Paul out there posted, I believe, um, so you can go check it out, but it was kind of a knee on knee hit. And so the guy goes up, challenges the guy uh, who hit his teammate and his, you know, his teammates in pain on the ground, knee on knee, whatever. So they go and they throw down and they fight and the fight was nothing crazy. It was not, we're not talking it was, you know, Tasker center pro Domi round one or nothing like that. It was nothing crazy. Um, so, you know, they fight and you'd think you're so mad at a guy that just did that to your teammate but then they go and they shake fucking hands afterwards. It's like, what are we doing? Like this, this to me looks foolish and people eat it up. I don't understand why. And I know some people might not like this, but if you're in a fist fight, the whole point is to like, you're, you're trying to knock the other guy out. That's the point of a fist fight. Um, and it was the same thing with the, the, the penguins and the, uh, the blue jacket guys who fought, you know, I get it. You're concerned. You don't want to, you don't want to hurt your opponent. I get it. As, as terms of like, you never want to end a guy's career. That's not your goal. You never want to cause them serious bodily harm. That's I get it. But at the same time, when you, when you're throwing hands, you're not throwing to, you know, to bake a cake. You're, you're throwing to punch, punch a guy in the face. You know, it can happen. So I don't, I don't get where this whole thing started of, um, this code, I, I shouldn't say I don't, I, I know where it started. It's when the code started coming around and that's what it is now. And, but there's just all these parameters that people think and uh, about fighting and it just makes fighting look silly. It look, it looks stupid to me. It was the same thing when the guys who fought, was it, I, I can't remember, but it was the Nashville predators and San Jose sharks. when they were like, Oh yeah, I can't wait to work out in the summer. It's like, that doesn't strike you as odd. Like you go and fight. And then you say that afterwards, it looks, it looks fucking stupid. It's like, what are we doing this for? Why even fight then? And then on top of that, when that fight happened, they only threw like two punches. Nothing crazy happened. And it's like, why? Why did these? What was the point? Like that to me makes fighting that that's the bigger mockery of fighting. Not not when you knock somebody out or, uh, you know, showboat afterwards. But according to everybody else, you know, that's not part of the code and blah, blah, blah. That's. That's what makes fighting fighting. You didn't see Bob Probert going. Did you just see Ewan asking Probert if he was okay afterwards? Did you see Probert asking Gary Nyland if he was okay afterwards? No. Just go to the box. That's what you were there to fight, and that was your job. It was the same thing with Twist. You didn't see Twist asking if you were okay afterwards. Fought his best man, and he knew he had a job to do. Um, I mean, talking with Nico Blatchman. I mean, fuck, he gets it. You know, it's his role. It's his job. This is this is what he's there to do he fought Kyle Newbery he was roommates with him earlier in the season but he fought him did he win no but he st still went out there and threw down because that was his job but that's what he does for his team like that's that to me is what fighting is all about and now it's just been turned into this it's so much more romanticized than what it really should it's, it's at the end of the day it is a fist fight on ice on ice skates um it, it, it's people make it so much more deeper than it really needs to be 
there's two reasons really you fight in hockey. One, you're sending a message and you're, you know, you're defending a teammate or something. There two, you're really trying to swing the momentum. And I get when it's kind of a momentum fight and there's not as much hatred, hatred into it. And it's two guys kind of throwing down to get the momentum going and get the teams going on the bench. Uh, I get it. There's not that hatred factor during that fight, but at the end of the day, you still want to win. You still want to get the crowd into it and everything like that. So to see a guy go after a teammate of yours and then you fight him and then you shake hands with them afterwards, it just looks so stupid. I'm sorry. And I get people, I, I just love the sportsmanship. This is just what makes hockey great. It's like, no, that just looks fucking stupid. Like, why go drop the gloves in the first place? You're just giving the fucking anti-fight nerds fuel to the fire. Well, did he really have to fight him if he's going to shake hands with him afterwards? And it was somebody on the Lightning did this a couple years back. Somebody had hit a guy from behind, and the guy on the Lightning went up, threw his gloves down, blah, blah, blah. Oh, we're going to throw it. And, you know, again, not a, not a barn burner at all. I don't even know if a punch landed. But then afterwards, just patch him on the show. Oh, yeah, thanks. Thanks. Oh, yeah, thanks. Thanks for putting my teammates' fucking teeth into the dasher. Yeah, thanks for that. We'll give you a pat on the back for that. In the UK, thanks for blowing out my teammates' ACL. Yeah, thanks for that. That's okay. I'll shake your hand, buddy. Good fight. It's like, that doesn't look stupid to anybody else, really? That's what fighting has come down to now? It's like, fuck. Fucking just look around this room. Do you see the fuck? You got Chris Nyland over here. You got fucking Tony Twist up there. Thornton. Fucking, they got the Nico Blatchman Nuber fight over there. It's like, God damn, why did this? Where did where did this started happening? And I get it. I'm not saying you got to try to kill the guy every time, but holy shit, just can we not? Can it not all just be fucking ass pats and unicorns after fights, please? I don't get it. And it was like the same thing with. It's the same thing with people in fight groups too. It's all over. It's not just like this is out of the blue. You know, these people in the fight groups will sit there and the, oh man, and say that you're only allowed to fight if it's this, 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 and this. And they give you like 16 different fucking things. It's like, when did fighting have to become, it's so regulated, even to fight fans. You're not allowed to fight after hits. You have to shake their hand afterwards. You have to go out to dinner with them and have a beer afterwards. You have to buy them a hotel room and sleep in the same bed afterwards. Uh, blah, blah, blah. You can't do it off the square off. You can't drop the helmets. Blah, blah, blah. It's just, it's so fucking stupid. And it's everywhere. It just doesn't stop. And it gets it gets worse and worse every year. It gets further away than what the fuck it was. And it's just so annoying to see. That's why it was such a breath of fresh air to see this shit with the, the ECHL. You see genuine hatred with guys. And don't get me wrong. You still get the, uh, hey, good fight. And I'm not saying that's not a bad thing either. You know, okay. Hey, we threw down. We, you know, we, we, we traded some fucking nucks here. We're, we're throwing down to uh, get the crowd and get the benches into it. You know, hey, good fight. Okay, cool. Perfect. You know, whatever. But this constant, like, we, like can't wait to work out with you in the summer or you go and go out of your way while you're going to the box to shake his hand after he just blew out your guy's fucking kneecap. Like, you don't, like, this, am I making sense here? I don't know if I'm just fucking talking in the ether and I'm just sounding like a clown, but I mean, holy shit. It's just so annoying. I just, I don't get it. Um, and then another thing was like, there was some dude on the on the Vegas Golden Knights, and this was which hey, I'm down with Jake Doty. He was uh he was playing a preseason game with the Kings. Uh, tough dude. I know he was in the AHL with Ontario last year, and I know he was out in the UK with Nottingham a while back. And I remember John Searson telling me about him. So, um, I've gone down the Jake Doty rabbit hole a little bit here and there for uh, his fights on YouTube. 
and you know, t- tough dude. I'm down with Jake Doty, like I said. Well, so he knocks, uh, knocks, not knocks him out, but he, he lays a pretty big hit on Alex Petrangelo of the Vegas Golden Knights, which I think Petrangelo was on this Blues, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember. Again, I haven't really paid attention to the NHL much. Um, but yeah, so he, uh, you know, throws a hit on Petrangelo, and a guy comes up to him like he wants to fight and he's going to challenge him. And so, you know, Doty being the guy he is because he's been in, he's been in tilt. He knows what it means. You know, he just laid out kind of a, more of a star player. I think, I think Petrangelo is more of a star player either regardless, not, you know, hit a skill guy down and, uh, you know, you, you don't want, you don't want guys running your skill guys. So guy goes up, challenges him. I mean, Doty couldn't have hit the fucking eject button quicker on his gloves. I mean, it was like he looked up, saw old boy, tossed the mitts were fucking shed real quick. And then the guy just goes up, doesn't even do anything. It's like, what were you going to, like, what was the point? Like, he didn't even drop the gloves. And I can't, I, I don't know the guy's name. Um, I just know it was between Doty and Petrangelo. So I didn't know who it was that, that uh, you know, went up to Doty afterwards. But what, what's the point of even going up? And I'm not saying you got to start throwing haymakers and, like I said, boss a Morasti fucking circa 2005 in the LNH. Like, I mean, holy shit, just do something. Like, what? It, it looks so foolish. That that's where it looks foolish if you're going to go up to a guy after a after a hit and then do that after the guy after you go up and challenge him and you don't even drop your gloves. Yeah, that looks foolish. And but again, people attack well does Doty really have to do this it's just preseason like fuck yeah he does he was in the AHL all last year didn't get a call up so hey I'm willing to do whatever it takes who gives a shit I don't understand where this when it started kind of becoming bubble wrapped preseason I guess for lack of a better term when did we start thinking that preseason was the time to just fucking relax and coast through it this is the time for fringe guys like guys like Doty uh, and the guys out in Pittsburgh and Columbus to prove their medal. I know Alex Gallant is in the lineup tonight with uh, Calgary versus Seattle. I only know all the tough guy shit, so it's you know it's I apologize if I don't know anybody else or like the, I said the guy who went up to Doty, but Gallant's out there. Hopefully, he fucking cracks the roster. I doubt it because he's been you know an AHL player for years. I really wish the Lightning brought him up when he was with the Syracuse Crunch, but that never happened. Um, but, I mean, best of luck to Alex Gallant. I'm sure he's going to try to start some shit and stir it up. Who knows? We'll hopefully see if we can get a fucking uh, – well, I'm sure it's probably a later game if it's Calgary and Seattle. So, maybe we'll see some highlights from that tonight. I don't know. But, you know, I don't expect Alex – what, you think Alex Gallant's just going to want to coast through the preseason game? Oh, well, it's only preseason. I shouldn't go hit – I shouldn't hit guys. I shouldn't try to, you know, start fights. And I shouldn't try to fire up my team. Or, you know, if I see – you know, my teammate get get lit up at center ice. I'm not going to do anything. It's just preseason. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to do anything, right? You know, when did that become the normal? Like I said, preseason back in the day was the most fun hockey to watch. I went to a Lightning game. Uh, I think three or four years ago with a buddy. He wanted to go to a preseason game, so I said, "Yeah, sure, we'll go." I mean, we'll get the fucking cheap seats up in the nosebleeds. I think it was like twelve bucks for a ticket because you know it's preseason. Fuck you. you could have heard a pin drop in that arena and nothing was going on the entire time. It was sickening. I was like, does anybody give a shit? Like, Oh my God. Like just fucking like, like I'm not even saying to throw down and give me a five V five brawl or even a fight. Just fucking hit somebody. It's the preseason. These are, you, you want to, you're trying to crack the NHL roster. I get it. The, 
It's the speed and skill game now, but holy shit, show that you fucking care. Like, I go back to those dudes out of the, the, the Toronto Maple Leafs camp. Just They were supposed to be doing suicides and just lackadaisical. I'm like, fuck, is that really who you want at your camp? Really? You want you don't want the toughness, God forbid. You know, I know the Leaf fans don't like the toughness. They wanted to bitch and moan when they brought in Clifford and Simmons. But God forbid, but we'll, we'll bring in those guys who don't even go to the fucking blue line during the suicides. And I get it. It sounds hypocritical. Here I am in front of a fucking microphone and the camera, fat and out of shape. Yes, I get it. But it's like, what are we doing here? You know, at one point, I, I believe me, I was in a lot better shape, especially in the military. Believe me. And then you got, you know, Toronto Maple Leafs. They're playing fucking Katy Perry and God knows what else during fucking practice. It's like, and you guys wonder why you guys are so out of touch and why you don't win any fucking playoff rounds as you're doing that shit. I could imagine in the military asked, hey, hey, you know, drill instructor, can we can we maybe play some, uh, I don't know, some Nicki Minaj while we're fucking doing, doing PT here? I think it'd be a lot of fun. It'd be a real morale booster. Like, fuck, give me a break. So, you know, I, hopefully I'm making sense here and not coming off as a fucking idiot. I know I'm probably all, I've been all over the place. You know, I keep going back thinking about this and that, this and that. So I apologize. I know I'm all over the place, but we'll fucking make do with what we got here. It's, uh, you know, almost 10 o'clock on a lovely Tuesday evening. So let's start wrapping her up. But I know I said I don't have any guests, but I have something in the works. And what I'm actually trying to do is actually, well, as long as it's not thunderstorming this weekend would be a perfect time to get all this podcasting shit done. Um, so I want to give a quick shout out to uh, Luke Toporowski, who is on the main roster for um, the Bruins preseason this year. He uh, signed his AHL deal with Providence, and he is uh, currently with the big club just for preseason. I don't know. I think it was a two-way deal. But Luke Toporowski, who, of course, is the son of legendary tough guy, Kerry Toporowski, um, former Quad City Mallard. And I think, if I recall, uh, Jay and I rated him. Well, I should say Jay. It was Jay's list. When we did the top 10 Quad City Mallards tough guys of all time, Toporowski, of course, took the number one spot, and he set the Western Hockey League record for 505 penalty minutes way back in the day. So I, I thought it would be fun to do an episode um, – dedicated to Kerry Toporowski. I know for what I hear, he's kind of very quiet now about, about his, um, his hockey career. He's just kind of moved on with it. And I, I, from what I can tell, he still enjoys it. He likes to play, you know, he played in the alumni game that just happened when it was a uh, Flint versus quad city. Um, but you know, he just kind of, you know, put that in the back pocket. He's on to bigger and better things now with, um, I believe he does financing. He's a financial advisor and like one of the best in the country at that. So, uh, yeah, good, good for Topper there. Uh, goes from, you know, throwing bows, taking chains versus Chikudami, and then he, uh, you know, can help you with your taxes and tell you uh, how much you can spend per month. So, I mean, hey, like I said, that's awesome. But I actually wanted to do a Kerry Toporowski special kind of episode. I don't think I'll get him on for an interview because, like I said, I, you know, I think he's kind of more so quiet about his playing days, which, hey, who gives a shit? That's fine. Every, every, you know, everybody's got that right too. If you don't want to talk hockey, you don't talk hockey, but I know he's still, he's still excited about his kids playing and everything like that. So again, well, quick shout out to Luke Toporowski. Best of luck. Hopefully we ever, we, it'd be cool to see a Toporowski name up in, uh, up in the NHL. That makes me feel old seeing Toporowski play growing up. And then now his kids playing, that makes me feel old. Um, but no, so I what my plan is is I would like to get Darren and Jay on. Probably not. I, I'm this is all going to be separate segments. Um, Darren would be able to kind of go through his stuff from junior because he got to see him. You know, obviously 
Toporowski was out there in Spokane. So um, I'm sure Darren's got some some insider info in case they they played Saskatoon or anything like that. I don't know exactly how it worked back then in the dub, but I'm sure Darren saw him play once or twice, or at least knows of the uh, the mythical Kerry Toporowski legends out there. Um, and then, of course, I wanted to get Jay on to get some inside info on what it was like seeing Toporowski play because I got to see Toporowski play, but it was very limited. It was only when we'd go back. Um, we would go back to Iowa every other winter or every winter up until I was, I think, seven. And that was when it became every other winter. So I would get to see him very, very few um like a select few games. I think when I was back, we'd go to maybe one or two games because we, of course we'd only be, be in Iowa for a week. So um, yeah, unfortunately I didn't get to see him play and I was very little at the time. So, you know, Jay, you old bat, I'm going to get your old ass on here and you know, you can sip your, your, <laughs> your prune juice and your, your meatloaf and do whatever uh, at the retirement home and I'll phone you and hopefully your helper will hand you the phone. Hopefully it's a better phone than what the hell you use with Darren and I during the, the uh, ice wars summary show. Cause goddamn that thing went out every three seconds. It was I swear you'd be better off with a tomato soup can out there, but um, I can't, I'm going to get Jay on and we're going to go over what it was like seeing Toporowski play live, but I'm also planning on getting a couple former players on. Uh, I've already got a couple that have agreed who played with Toporowski to go over what it was like playing with him and how he was in the locker room, what it was like with him on the ice. So, um, very polarizing figure in the enforcer world and the hockey, hockey fight lore. Um, so, so they say, uh, so I think it'll be a lot of fun getting, getting that on and doing kind of a Kerry Toporowski special. Like I said, um, you know, I, I included it in the intro of the podcast since day one, uh, of the clip when, you know, Toporowski, this is a guy who set a Western hockey league record for 505 penalty minutes, uh, blah, blah, blah. So I've, I've included that in the podcast intro, uh, since day one. Cause it's just, uh, it's a record that's never going to be broken. Let's face it. And it was always cool to see Toporowski growing up and, uh, definitely a tough dude and well living legend in the Mallards universe. I want to say he might've been the first player to get his number retired by quad city. I could be wrong on that. Uh, or maybe it was McFarlane. One of the two. I know, I know the Mallards like they're tough guys cause they retired top Rowski and McFarlane's number, which is pretty cool. So anyways, guys, we'll wrap it up here. I don't want to keep you on for too long. I know I've rambled and I've been all over the fucking place. So I apologize. I'm sure this wasn't the greatest episode. Uh, I'll get my my ducks in a row for the next one. I'll probably end up recording another solo episode this weekend, which actually I think what we're going to go over is what is considered the greatest hockey fight of all time. I asked that question in a couple fight groups on Twitter and Instagram, and I I think I can pretty much make a solid top five list for them. I'm pretty sure I could at least do that. So uh, it is all fan opinion, of course, and I'll give my thoughts on the fights and we'll maybe go over some of them during like a usual, what is it called? Visual, Zoom call, whatever you want to call it. Um, So looking forward to doing that. But I appreciate you guys for sticking with the podcast and tuning in. And I appreciate everyone who uh, gave my wife and I support when we were moving into our new house. I know I've probably said that in the podcast, previous episode but now that we're finally moved in and the place is coming together here as you can tell in the background we got the the neon sign we got the jack greg jersey the collage going on uh, bobbleheads and pucks up there so slowly but surely the man cave's coming together i just put up that bruins tough guys picture today 
uh, underneath the twist and chase one. So we're, we're going to be adding more stuff here and there as we go. I just got to get some frames. I got a, a bunch of eight by tens. I need to actually get like frames for. So, um, but I appreciate everybody who reached out and, you know, congratulated us for actually buying the house. So now we are finally settled in and everything should be back to normal. Like I said, I got to go to Winston-Salem one more time, probably next week, early next week, but that shouldn't hinder the podcast because we should be able to get it knocked out in a day. So, um, I appreciate it though, folks. If you could do me one last favor, rate and review the show as well as follow the podcast. If you're on Apple, you can you know leave a one star, five star, whatever the case is, uh, or you, you could actually write a review out. Tell me what you think of the podcast. Love it, hate it. You know, motherfuck me. Tell me it's great. I've I've seen it all. Uh, you can go to Spotify, which Spotify now does stars as well. I don't know if you could leave a review. Um, but I know you can just click the stars of what you think the, the show deserves. So if you could help me do that and get some reviews in for the podcast, help the podcast grow and, uh, you know, get some space out there for the growth of the podcast. And not only mine, but Darren's and Joe's, uh, you know, little, little fish in the big pond here. And we work our asses off on the, well, maybe not me with how fucking sporadic I've been lately, but Joe and Darren definitely do. And they deserve it a hell of a lot more than I do. So do me a favor and go rate and review their shows. Um, and, you know, help us little fish grow in the big pond here. So, and follow the podcast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, it's just five for fighting podcast, search it out and you'll find it. But anyways, guys, I appreciate you tuning in until next time. Hope you guys enjoy. And if you're in Florida, stay safe during the hurricane. We will be thinking about you. Um, so, you know, stay safe out there. Thanks everybody. You gotta